It's the Pop My Culture Podcast with your hosts, Cole Stratton and Vanessa Ragland. Welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Vanessa Ragland. And we're sing-songy today. And we're also a newscasters. Are we? No. Oh. We're podcasters. And oh, there's I see. a big difference because we say nothing of consequence. That's true. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming to listen to the show. We uh, appreciate it. A couple of things before we get to our guest. And she is fabulous, by the way. And it's her very first podcast. Yes, ever. we don't mention it um, during the interview, but this was her first podcast. And she's awesome. She's funny, smart, and beautiful. And one of those people that makes you realize what you're not. Because <laughs> she's so good in every way. Yeah, she's Maybe great. that's just my own issues, but no, she's awesome. Yep. So uh, we'll bring out uh, Amber in a mm. few moments. Uh, first off, if you like the show, uh, leaving us a review on iTunes is helpful. It yep. uh, brings more ears to the podcast, helps us get featured. And um, we feel a lot better about ourselves. And yep. since we're doing this as a labor of love, it's really nice to get some people saying nice things every once in a while. Right. You can also email us at info, info at, at popmyculturepodcast.com. Uh, we'll always write you back. <laughs> yep. And uh, we love uh, And we love hearing people. from you. Yeah. yeah. And if you have any kind of feedback, too. I mean, we want to improve it so our content's better for you. So that's the best way because on iTunes, we can't really reply to you. So if you have um, you know specific feedback, please just drop us an email. Yep. Uh, we also have T-shirts. Oh, and they're cool. They're nice. Yeah. Len Peralta did the art. They're uh, beautiful. They're really Lightweight. Good looking, and I have had a lot of people tell me they get compliments whenever they wear them. There you so. go. And they're only $15. Yep. Um, which is not much of a markup off of what we paid for them. No. So uh, <laughs> help us recoup our money, won't you? And you can get them on our website, which is popmyculturepodcast.com. There's also a donate button on the website. Which we is popmyculturepodcast.com. Yep. We are pretty much uh, listener supported. We mm-hmm. have an occasional straight sponsor, but for yeah. the most part, uh, it, your donations help us to keep doing the stuff, to host yeah. them, and you know, to buy water for our guests. Water like is that. expensive. Uh, and we'll also give you a, a shout-out on the air. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, we're recording a couple of episodes back-to-back-to-back, so uh, our, our thank yous are a little off. They right seem now, a little but... sporadic, but you will hear your name if you just keep listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, also, we also give do giveaways a lot of uh, DVDs and Blu-rays mm-hmm. and books and things that are signed by our guests. And it's usually just answering the first question. But to see what we're giving away and to answer the first question, again, go to the website and click on that episode link. And you'll see a picture of our giveaway and you can leave your comment there. And that's how we choose right. our winners. For example, this particular episode, uh, we're giving away a Blu-ray copy of The Ring signed by Amber, which yep. she was in. So um, that's just one of the kinds one of, of things perks. you can get for free. So check that out, will you? Uh, Let's get to our fabulous guest, shall we? Yeah, let's. Here we go. Our guest today, she's an actress, she's a poet, and recently she's a rapper. Uh, You know her from uh, (laughs) Joan of Arcadia, the Traveling Pants films, and several other things. Amber Tamlin is here. Hello, Amber. Welcome, Amber. Your turn. Go, go. I just want to make that really awkward to make it feel like maybe you guys are just making it up. <laughs> maybe I'm not. Maybe I wasn't really there. Maybe somebody else is going to pretend to be me. Stop. Hey, it's Stop me, dog. Amber Tamblin. <laughs> Fat Albert Tamblin is what you're doing. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Traveling pants was a lot of fun. Pants? Whoa, they're really tight. Good. Hanging out with Blake Lively. <laughs> Okay. Well, it's great having you, Amber. Yeah, I'm excited so, to be here. Oh, no, it's here. over. Oh, it. <laughs> goodbye. It's the shortest podcast. Good, because I have a Rob Schneider podcast at 3 o'clock. Oh. We're going to read the vagina monologues. Oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> Should be fun. 
It's not going to be fun. No. No. It's, <laughs> it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. You're going to need yeah. to really maybe get some Reiki after Cue that. Cue the funeral music. Y'all ever done Reiki? <laughs> what? I'm doing it right now. Oh. Well, that's what the rocks all over your body are about. I couldn't tell if it was a necklace or a spiritual thing. <laughs> oh, artists are crazy people. I tell you. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about. Here's today. something fun that not this it's isn't not fun, fun at all. It's not fun at all. But uh, you know that movie that's out, Project X, which is just a bunch of teenagers partying. Oh yeah, I saw an ad for that. It's yeah, scary it's ad. all it is is literally like a bunch of kids like throwing the craziest party that gets out of hand, and like the cops come and things catch on fire, or whatever. Like that's the movie. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> this Tone is my life. <laughs> Tone it down. <laughs> a 16 year old girl in Utah decided she wanted to throw her own Project X sized party oh this is gonna be good whatever it is so she uh oh. she puts her parents were away for a weekend she put the word out like we're gonna have this big party let's project exit whatever she got in her underpants and knee socks and slid through the hallway and then she <laughs> it's not risky business is that oh. weird yeah that was my <laughs> reference but it, i realized it wasn't it was nice. going to <laughs> so she put this party together and then over a hundred people showed up most of them old <laughs> or adults and uh including uh, gang members from rival gangs. Oh no! And uh, one of them opened fire and shot four people. None of them are dead, including her. She got. She took a bullet. I'm really curious. How did she advertise this party? I miss. She probably. Well, the word got out through like social media that. Wow. And then it's just spread. Like you know, Ooh. that's the thing you tell like ten people. We must gotta be like Project X. Tell everybody, and then it went crazy. <laughs> well, but how? In what way is that Project X? I mean, are they blaming Project X for that? For that, mo- like, are they blaming the movie? Um, I mean, you could. I don't think that they are. I mean, but that's like saying like I'm having a Freddy Krueger theme party. That's not yeah. that movie's fault. It's the idiots. No, but that gives that, that gives you license to like scratch people. With <laughs> massive, nice Why are you all scratched up, man? Yeah, crazy party. I saw this movie, so I thought it was okay to have hand knives. I, I don't care what anyone says. Those are some good ads. <laughs> I was definitely watching television, going, what? What is that? I was very confused by what they were. I was like, had that like. Uh, th- they did what Cloverfield wished it h- could have done in its ads. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah. not look like a movie. Look like some weird commercial, and then all of a sudden you realize it's a movie. Well, you're like, What's is it a documentary? On? Like, the yeah. Way they're selling it, yeah. Well, and first there's when I no saw... shooting in the ads that I saw. Yeah, yeah there's no, Wait a minute. There's no gang shootings. <laughs> I am suddenly film. thinking that I'm thinking about something very different. What are you thinking of? Uh, there's like two teenagers, and they can move objects with oh, their no, minds. Oh, no. That's, that's chronicle. That's, and that looks so good. Oh, then Fuck that X thing. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, literally it's like... It just it's, looks it's a like cast a rave. Of, it's a cast of unknowns. Oh, and it's like this mind. crazy party that goes nuts. And uh, well, first when I saw that Project X was coming, I was like, they remade the Matthew Broderick I- shit movie? <laughs> oh my Finally. God. Finally. I liked it for the last five minutes. I've been like, I, you know, I think it's actually... That was kind of an interesting ad. I... I feel stupid. Well, there's been oh. a lot of like the found footage movies lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so ever since Paranormal Activity made it profitable again, yeah. now like and a bunch did of people it ever. It yeah, people still <laughs> freak out My over financial those side talking. <laughs> I've never <laughs> well, seen any of them. I saw the one Paranormal Activity. <laughs> It's a yogurt from outer space yeah. that keeps you regular and makes you glow. Um, I did. Jamie Lee Curtis is haunted. I don't like scary movies yogurt. like that. It doesn't. It, it affects me, and um, so I just the deal I made was I'll watch the movie if I can be on my laptop the whole time, so that I'm never invested in the movie. Yeah, and it worked. I was never invested in the movie. You know, here's a way to diffuse that. 
on a stereo or something, play the Benny Hill music underneath it <laughs> the whole time. It will not be scary anymore. I guarantee you it. Oh. Specters are popping up and it's just going. <laughs> it's a good idea. Cole. I think it's not a bad idea. Thank they should you. offer that as like one showing a day at the theaters. It's a really you know? good idea for people that bring their reluctant dates. They're like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. You have history with scary things. Yeah, I was just going to say, I've never really, um, and that might just be because I'm immune to them at this point, but yeah. I've never really been into scary movies, uh, or if, I mean, not really affected by them. I'm, I, I unfortunately always look at it and go, oh, I see what that director's going to do right now. They're going to have, they're going to, you know, cut to this and then cut back quickly and there'll be no one there and then the guy will turn around and then there's the thing or the door is going to jiggle. The whole door. Not just the doorknob. <laughs> the whole fucking door. Am I allowed to cuss? Oh, yeah. yeah. Fucking it. yes. Yes. It's encouraged. <laughs> it seems like like the horror movies have gone through stages. Like there was the whole torture porn thing for a while where it was yeah. just like just awful, like really like visceral and very like they show you everything stuff. And now it's more Human like. Human centipede. Yeah. <laughs> There's that. that one. Oh, seen the ads and that was upsetting that movie is so loved by so many weird friends of mine oh. uh, I mean I get I understand why but it's just uh, it's like the most loved film it's <laughs> I want somebody to make centipede human where it's a centipede scientist is trying to put together a human <laughs> made out of parts of other centipedes I'd Ew. go right be hard I don't and think we're that's there a lot less disgusting for the centipedes. Let's just probably. hope no teenagers try to do that at a party. <laughs> right. Hey guys, based on the film, <laughs> guys, we're having a human centipede this weekend. <laughs> Bring uh, knives. Um, Bring your right arm. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna need it. <laughs> and right now, it seems that there's a lot of like jump moment movies that are like it's just jump built up movies? jump moments oh. where it's just built up to the tension, and then they somebody opens up a sheet and something's at the bottom of their bed, and boo. I just like, don't yeah. understand the pleasure from that. Maybe because I'm a nervous person, and yeah. so I'm all, I jump if somebody drops anything. So to just uh, think of like, oh, I'll go in this room and have startling things happen to me, and even though you can feel the manipulation of that thing's coming, that thing's coming, still makes me jump and get uncomfortable. What kind of movies do you like to watch? I like to watch. That's a great question. Look at me turn the tables on. Yeah, you. Uh, well, Miss Tamblin, <laughs> I like to watch a lot of different kinds of movies. The Boring. End. Wow. No, that's a great answer. Okay. Um, no, <laughs> is kidding. it? Is it? I like documentaries a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's what I usually watch if I'm working or something. I, I really like to have documentaries on because it feels good. And I like the stories and I like hearing the... Yeah. But then also, if I've had really bad week, I'll turn on chick flicks for like 24 hours and just sit there. And it's like, you know, at the end... Wait, you sit there for 24 hours yeah. watching chick flicks? Yeah. I don't sleep, man. <laughs> It's 3 a.m. Put on while you were sleeping. Hey, now. Notting Hill. Notting Hill. <laughs> Notting Hill is like the first movie. I'm usually like really aware of movies before I go see them. Um, it was the first movie I ever went and saw where I knew nothing about it. I only knew that Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts were in it. I hadn't seen a preview. Sold. I hadn't seen this any commercials. Man. Like opening up, we just went. And I was like, it's actually kind of fun sometimes not knowing a single plot point of I love thing. not knowing what you're going to see. Yeah. It yeah, but then fun. also completely knowing what you're going to see because of the formula of yeah, and you're like, at well, the same yeah. time. Wait, well, this bumbling Brit. There is no <laughs> way that guy's going to get that girl. No way. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> Shit, it happened. Whoa. What Whoa. the? Whoa, that kooky roommate couldn't be kooky. And it's okay in the middle of a packed screening to stand up and go, I cry foul, if you don't agree with it. You can do uh, that. No, it's you, fine. You can't. You can't? Funny. No. You're not supposed to? You can do it. Okay, cool. 
because I do. <laughs> I know. I know. I've been to the movies with you. <laughs> Though I did, when I did go see Finding Forrester, the second Sean Connery appeared on screen, I went, found him. <laughs> Not <Aww>. too loud. <laughs> but, uh, loud enough to cause a little stir. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, here's another thing that's got happening that it's got the nerds up in arms. Uh, Michael Bay is rebooting... Michel Bay. Michel Bay, <laughs> famous French <laughs> film director. Oh, too. Uh, who brought you Armageddon <laughs> and Bad Boys. Uh, he's rebooting Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but he's changing their origin story and making them aliens. And this has pissed off many a fanboy um, out there. Wow. Well, one, I was just pissed off that Michael Bay is making Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because it means it will be awful. But Well, I don't understand why they need to be from space. Like... No it's one does. already a very interestingly fucked origin story, right? Yeah. Like, there's no... They're little turtles <laughs> that are, like, exposed to a mutant gen and then yeah. become bigger and are raised by a, a, a ninjutsu rat. Yeah. In the who, sewer. Exactly. Yeah. Who teaches They're them. all named after classical artists. Like, And they eat pizza. Like, what more do you need? Well, to be fair, a Cylon Ninja Turtle would be pretty freaking sweet. You're okay. on Team Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not what's, I'm not ever on his team at any point, mm. but uh but I do think that there could be something of value if another director had thought of that idea. Yeah. Because with him it's probably just gonna be giant robotic turtles stomping and it's gonna stomping have a gorgeous on trailer. Yeah. And you're it's gonna, gonna be three D. Like, you're gonna need glasses whoa, to see it. Oh, that could be nope. It's not going to be. No. It is not going to be. No. It's going to be five day. I don't know what that is, but he'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he will. Well, he, he fired back, too, after there was a big uproar. And, like, and like the headline was like, Bay to Ninja Turtle fans, chill out and relax. Mm-hmm. He basically said, like, look, you know, like, I'm working don't with people. Don't come see my movie. <laughs> I'm working with Eat people. Me. the fans, yeah. okay? I'm working with people close to the subject matter. We're just giving them a fuller, more, like, backstory. Like, gives them more of a world to explore. Like, really? Cut to him in his house, just surrounded by a bunch of turtles. <laughs> just, like, turtle racing in his house and talking to them so like guys, a crazy person. Drunk. With one shoe on. <laughs> Why can't you use those nunchucks? <laughs> Stop crawling around. Come here, little guy. Well, then, that's the funny thing, too, is once they did introduce the, the alien side of things, then a bunch of people were upset, like, well, if they did do that, why would they be into ninjutsu and things? They live in the future. Wouldn't they have ray guns? Wouldn't they have, like, Valid crazy point. Like, why, why would they do this but antiquated earth-fighting technique? Antiquated? I think you're really underestimating. Is there a modern ninja magazine? I don't think so. <laughs> well, I don't think you've read the forums, because there's some very lively online communities right now. There's not. Someone should start that magazine. Someone modern Ninja? It. Yeah, Modern Ninja. <laughs> you can never find a copy, though. It's stealthy. Oh. It's stealthy. <laughs> Sorry. Boo, get off the stage! So underground. Um, well, you, you're actually kind of related to this because you're, I mean, you're going through something right now as an artist. Um, as a turtle? As a turtle artist, you're coming out of your shell. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, you're collaborating with someone who's collaborated with Mr. Michael Bay. Um, you and Tyrese are oh. pretty tight right now, um, from what I can tell. He's, he's got a great sense of humor. Actually, the, the very severe irony of that is... Is that irony? Am I using that in the right context? Is that the, the person in question who the email was exchanged through was Shia LaBeouf. <gasps> and, really? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> which was, you know, Shy is an old dear friend of mine, and uh, I don't think he, he, he meant anything from it yeah. uh, or by it. 
and it just happened. It just happened. And so, I, I just happened to, uh, to find, in general, uh, it hilarious when men inappropriately reach out to women uh, or uh, enact in any kind of abusive behaviors on any level. And yeah. So I sort of took advantage of that. In the best so way for, ever. For those who don't know, um, there, Tyrese sent an email to you thinking that you were Kanye. Oh, it was a tweet, right? That was for Amber. Uh, not it was on an email. <laughs> no. Uh, it's to, to Amber Rose, which is your middle name. Yeah. Uh, thinking that you were Amber Rose Kanye's ex, I Yeah, guess. I, I have my email address as Amber Rose. I leave my last name off just in case for that exact reason. Yeah. When people, when I get CC'd on a bunch of things, I don't want someone looking through and going like, oh, it's Amber no, Tamblyn or her whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it makes me a little nervous. But um, uh, I had never considered once that that would happen, that there was, and I know who Amber Rose is, yeah. I, but I never considered that that might, uh, might happen. Well, but and it, why would you? I mean, well, you guys are a lot alike though. I mean, to be fair. <laughs> I've gotten you confused. We have got I wasn't huge sure. asses. Yeah, you've got so much <laughs> yeah. ass. And I was really surprised when you showed up today because we thought we had booked Amber Rose. But um, <laughs> this is working out fine. It's really well. Hang out on. Fine. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa rip off my mask. Just rip it off. No hair, but so much <laughs> ass. Um, so he asked you to collaborate on his new album. Um, he didn't know. He he emailed me and said. Uh, and I had, I was confused at first. He just emailed me and said, hey, it's Tyrese in the subject line. <laughs> and I remember I was like, woke up, was really tired. I hadn't had any coffee and looked at it and went, is this, I thought it was spam. And then I thought, and I actually didn't know who Tyrese was really. Like mm-hmm. I, um, it wasn't until I searched his email address in my inbox to go, is this like someone who, who I've worked with like at the Poetry Foundation? <laughs> I yeah. really had no idea who he was. And, uh. And that, and then Shia's email came up and then I went, and then I sort of, I called Dave, um, I called my fiance David in the room and said, is this, does he think that I'm, is this right? And he went, oh my God, that's exactly what he thinks. And, and David said to me, he just made the biggest mistake of his life. (laughs) I went, why would you say that? (laughs) <laughs> I'm making a I'm making a face right now. It's a good face. Um, Let the games begin. <laughs> but and that was that's just that's kind of uh, what happened. But he never, you know, he never he didn't start the email chain by going, "Hey, it's Tyrese. I saw your email address on Shia's email. Uh, is this is this my friend Amber Rose or like any right. indication?" He didn't even question he it. He just assumed. Yeah. So, um, you know, I took advantage of him taking advantage of someone else's CC list. Yeah. And, and you did it me. in the funniest <laughs> way ever. I can't, I mean, you just lose points for not being endeared by right. the raps that you've I mean, created. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty good backstory. If one of you guys could be aliens, <laughs> this would be a lot better. We just need to work on it a little. Yeah. But you have the some of your raps up on your blog right now, right? Amtam, yes. And the proceeds are actually going to something really smart and wonderful. Yeah. And kind it's, of the um, opposite of what yeah. that industry usually supports. They're going to Transformers 4. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I actually sent the link to Shia, too, and said, this is all your fault. You have got to BCC. You've got to learn. (laughs) And he laughed really hard. Um, But he also loved the raps. Uh, Tyrese, unfortunately, is the only one who um, didn't get it and who, you know, understandably feels made fun of. Uh, Even though the songs, 
I never mention him once. I never. No. It is. They're nothing to do with him. They're just jokes. In and fact, it's so the, funny too. I was literally on my way. I recorded one of them. I was on my way going going down to the beach to meet my friend for breakfast. So I literally was going to the beach to eat some eggs, and it, that didn't rhyme. And I just said that into my <laughs> iPhone, uh, and then emailed that to myself on mem- on the memo. Yeah. And emailed to myself and then attached it and sent it to him. Like, they were all done like that. They were all done so uh, so quickly um, without thought, really, without <clears throat> thinking that anything Not a like lot that. of studio time. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the ones that are on my website right now, which is, I think, why he's really pissed, uh, because I had emailed him and I had emailed Tyrese and said, hey, why don't you... Um, as he wrote me and said, oh, this is not even remotely cool, he was pissed. Yeah. And uh, he literally used the word remotely twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, look, why don't we do, why don't we do a like, 20-second crazy auto-tuned song that you produce uh, that I will send you like the most um, horrific lyrics for. And we'll, we'll put that out, and it will be funny, and uh, a good time will be had by all. We'll call and it a it day. And it would be so funny. Like, what a fun opportunity. But-, but the more I learn about him, the more I hear that he has no sense of humor. Yeah. Like, so- really has none, which is disappointing because he seems like a really sweet guy. And, right. You know, it... Uh, so I, I um, Dan the Automator, who's a, who's a friend of mine, uh, said, why don't we make songs out of this and you can give it away to a charity? And I thought, oh, that's a really good idea. So he, overnight, being the freak awesome producer he is, sent me four songs, identical tracks to the ones that I recorded, which were originally like, you know, some great 90s, like Master Ace and SWV and stuff awesome. like that. And he sort of redid them with his music. And I went into a friend's studio in New York and recorded them. And uh, we're giving them away to a couple charities that um, work to end domestic violence against women. I think you have spun it the perfect way. Yeah. He's still pissed, though, because it's called, respectfully, the Tyree Sessions. But <laughs> <laughs> Nice. But what can you do? Not cool, girl. I hope I don't run into him at the club. At the club. At any you probably club. will. Pick a club. You'll both be popping bottles. <laughs> and- I will be po- pussy popping, actually. That's what I'll be doing. <laughs> How does that work? Well, it goes a little something like this. Whoa, no, you don't have to do that. Okay. I mean, we're all we're all going to go up in the club when this podcast is done. Yeah. yeah. I plan to wave my hands in the air like I don't care. You're crazy. That's a really good idea. Which You're is crazy. That's a crazy way to wave your hands. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. How do you wave your hands like you don't care? I think it's just like... No, I think you think you care a little bit in that. Oh, yeah. Maybe like got to have some kind of care there's yeah. got to be some care to it or you can't wave your hands because if you didn't care yeah. your hands would just be they would just wouldn't they wouldn't wave they would be just right? lolling lolling at your sides if you don't care Next. anymore you're probably some comatose way and narcoleptic yeah let's go with that yeah Aww. a narcoleptic cylon ninja turtle <laughs> at the that club looks like michael bay <laughs> that really is tyrese gibson uh tm copyright um. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> dot com. <laughs> dot com. Beautiful. Oh, no, I do that all the time. It's, it's really com. annoying. I can't. I've done it, I think, probably. <laughs> and I don't want to, but the more that I think about that I do it too much, it always comes out. Dot com. Like, LA commercials uh, in particular, like uh, the futon shop. Oh, yeah. The futon shop. Oh, my God. There's so your mattress oh. is free. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, that guy was the weirdest thing about me Definitely moving to LA. The Leeds mattress center. <laughs> the Leeds mattress guy. I did not know what was going on. 
That's a creepy person. David had to put a moratorium on me saying after he would say, no, I, I, um, I, I promise it'll be great. And then I go, do you guarantee it? <laughs> and I, I said it so many times in the last year that he uh, gets very mad now when I do it and just ignores me. Will not talk to me for like an hour. It is weird Sorry, though when baby. you just like, I'll, I'll be cooking or something. All of a sudden I'll go, 800 <laughs> I hope they're paying you for this. They, well, we, we are sponsored by later. Empire. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to mention, but now you are too. You're part of a multi-hundred dollar campaign. Oh, my Lord. Congrats. If only. <laughs> if only. Um, you have been... Okay, let's say it this way. You're part of a Hollywood dynasty. <laughs> but you were raised... like You, I imagine, had a very colorful and interesting just coming of age and living here because you're from venice yeah i'm from from la and my my folks actually still live like five blocks from me i had dinner with them last night uh and they're both artists as well yeah they're um my mom actually just put out it's pretty it's pretty spectacular i'm really proud of her she's you know in her in her mid-60s now and she just put out a folk album uh she used to back in the 70s be signed to epic records and was touring with stevie nicks and stuff and she plays a 12 string and she's amazing songwriter and uh she sort of gave all that up to raise my dumb ass, and now she's <laughs> back doing it again. And, and I Finally. got, <laughs> you know, she had a show at the Hotel Cafe, and I'm just so proud of her. And uh, I can't imagine what that must be like at her age to suddenly like go back to your roots in that way. Like, what a terrifying experience oh, yeah. that and is. So. You guys do shows together as we well. We do, yeah. We do a lot of shows together um, at universities and, and festivals and stuff, literary festivals, where I read some of my poems, and then she plays um, music and, and sings her songs with that. And, um, you know, hopefully whiskey is involved in that unless yeah. it's at a school. <laughs> and then it's And apple then it's juice. not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Uh, I peed in this water and I'm drinking it now. Any problems with that, <laughs> university kids? It's a new Hollywood diet. When did you guys begin? Um, well, and also your father, we cannot overlook. Yes. Is an amazing actor, dancer, everything. Yeah, he's, um, he's actually working on a book now, his sort of his autobiography. Oh, wow. Um, But he's smoked so much weed in his day (laughs) that he's having a hard time remembering a lot of stuff. So punctuation. (laughs) Or it just reads like the rant of a high person where it's like nine pages on just describing the boat he got in before the actual event that That matters. That he set out to. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Dad, cut the first um, 17 chapters. <laughs> but uh, these sentences here? These three? The Craftsman's ta- Table on West Side Story was amazing. Uh-huh. I remember it There detail. was cheese. Uh-huh. There was nine types of cheese. <laughs> yeah. One type was one shade of orange. <laughs> uh, close. I mean, that is... I laugh, but that is... <laughs> uh, that is close. He's, uh, yeah, well, you know, my dad's like 77, 78, mm-hmm. but he looks... You know, really young for his age, um, and uh, yeah, my my folks are very fun, cool people, and they brought me up around a lot of poets and artists and uh, musicians. So I sort of grew up a lot in that environment. Um, well, and Venice is the most, I think, the, like the most interesting, diverse, creative group in LA because it's well, like, it used to be. <laughs> well, it's changed now. It's, it's really gentrified. It's, yeah, it's like really very. Very different now, and yeah. there's a lot of people who've moved in that don't understand that, uh, you know, 
California and Fourth Street is a really dangerous area, and you right. shouldn't walk down there at night. Still, right. Um, right? They're very confused by which I understand the separation. Which in in many in many areas like Venice, you know, you have one street where there's houses that are two million dollars, yep. and literally one street over is the hood. Well, I lived like, on Broadway, you know, like right near Project Abbott Housing, Kenny, and, stuff. and it was yeah. right like. We were on the cusp of you walk one block that way and you're in big trouble. Yeah. And then really millionaires one block the other but way. It's so nice to live that close to drugs. We did you know have I mean? our choice of crack rocks. Heyo. That's really funny actually. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to me that like when somebody comes up from a showbiz family or an arts family like that and they take that route too. I always wonder if like you know, like if, if your parents are like doctors or something like that, and you you pursue the arts, it's like, ugh, really? Yeah. You know what I mean? But I always wonder if it's the opposite. Like parents who are in the arts, are the kids like, I want to be an accountant. They're like, <laughs> oh, really? I'm sure that happens in some cases, but I mean, I can I can say that I. Uh, went to a school that did a lot of theater growing mm-hmm. up from kindergarten through eighth grade. And um, uh, I was an out-of-control child and had my parents been different people, they would have put me on Ritalin for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. And my mom and my grandmother, my my dad's mom, really recognized that I could focus really well when I was doing theater. When we were doing plays at mm-hmm. our school, that's when I could really focus. And um, uh, I did... Was, I played Pippi Longstockings in the f- in fourth grade, and my dad's agent at that time, or actually she retired, so friend, j- came to see the plays just as a family friend or whatever, and saw me in that, and said, "Russ, you should send her on some auditions for sure." And my dad said, "No way," and he like he said no for a year until my grandmother and because my mom. Of- how hard it is. Well, on- I think if you're a kid, but he, man. but you have to remember, he grew up in an era when it was like you, you didn't have edu- education on set. You could get right. away with anything. Yeah. Uh, they were drugging kids to keep them awake to shoot things. Yep. Um, you know, he had no education and, and very clearly I can see him even as he writes this book, it's hard for him because he just didn't have, uh, he was raised on the MGM lot. He was raised in a room this size with Elizabeth Taylor. They're pretending to do homework and not doing it and then bribing teachers to get out of that his whole life like growing up as and so he was really worried that that was going to happen to me specifically with uh, elizabeth taylor how she was then when i was five years old which is very old and wearing a lot of wigs and Mm -hmm. if i was going to be in a school with her on the mgm lot (laughs) if i had phrased that joke differently it would have been really good it it works yeah we'll see we'll see what the listeners think about that when you did pippy did were you watching like all the little pippy longstocking movies that are out at the time (laughs) did i study yeah uh no i didn't we my my dad spray painted some uh, stockings, red and white, and my mom put a wire hanger in my yep. hair. And, Classic uh, Pippi move. Yeah. I used to uh, play that on HBO a lot, so I always had that theme song stuck in my head, which was... What was the theme song? Pippi Longstocking is coming yeah. into oh, yeah. your world. Oh, a crazy man. little red-haired girl, you ought to know, <laughs> she'll throw your life into a world. I don't know why those things stick. The futon shop. <laughs> <laughs> I like that I didn't even plug my ear. I just stuck my finger on the side I of my face. I think it does the same thing. It's all for effect anyway. <laughs> I the usually food. do the little <laughs> put on your eye. Close like, your eye. Psychic sing. <laughs> Close your eye so you can hear. <laughs> That's that pretty, right? Your hands in the air. Yeah. <laughs> grab him for those notes. Just grab him for him. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And then, well, you also not. I mean, in addition to realizing you had a passion for theater, 
I don't know how you got hooked up with Jack Hirschman. Mm-hmm. Um, is was he a family friend? Family as friend, well? yeah. Um, amazing poet, San Francisco based, yeah. and you were published at like twelve, right? Yes, um, I had been writing a lot, you know, when I was very young, and uh, I had written this sort of very. It's very funny now looking back at it, but also very poignant and sweet. Uh, I had written an ode poem to Jack um, about the plight of war and homelessness. And uh, it like an 11 year old straight man. Straight up. That's I was right. talking about poodles and murder <laughs> on ships. I mean, I was, I was going to let people know. Whoa. Uh, but Jack, uh, Jack saw that poem and he, you know, he's, he is a poet's poet. He's a true, like, proletarian mm-hmm. poet. Uh, a self-proclaimed old-school communist, and we'll definitely try to talk to you about communism and why it's the right choice, mm-hmm. uh, the, the concept of communism. He will sit for hours and drink vodka with you and speak in 13 different languages, trying to get you to believe in communism. And he took this little poem, and he gave it to this... Um, at that time, it was like an inlet magazine called Cups in the San mm-hmm. Francisco Chron- Chronicle, uh, and they published it. And then I remember, I remember when he came back down to Los Angeles um, and showed me that even at 12, I remember that feeling of seeing my name was something published. Like that first time you see something published. It's pretty magical. Yeah. And, uh, and I was really sort of um, became obsessed with it and then started making chat books. My mom would take me to Kinko's to like put chat books together. That's so awesome. Which I still have, which are also hilarious because I took myself so seriously. Um, I really, I really uh, was like a little young Ani DeFranco. I just was Bring it on, girlfriend. mad at what men were doing, even though I didn't know what they were doing because I was too young to know yet, but I knew but they were doing something. I had a feeling. I, I got a hunch these guys I are... Th- I had 32 flavors of something. <laughs> something was going on. Yeah, I, got, I, get my, I was first like technically published in a newspaper when I was like five or six. Like They had like a little like kid book reviews. Yeah. And mine was like... I reviewed some book about a riddle monster or something. Oh, wow. And, and I basically just did a synopsis of like what happened in the book, and that was my review at that age. And do you remember reading that? Like, do you remember seeing that? Yeah, because my mom would clip everything. And yeah. so, you know, like, we, it's in my scrapbook somewhere. So it was like a little picture of me, like a little mop top, five year old next to my little review. And, yeah. And it was like, and that was the age where I wouldn't smile with open mouth because I had a bunch of missing teeth. So all my <laughs> smiles were like that. No, close mouth, little guy. Um, yeah, and so after that, I was like, "Ooh, I like this." I actually just found a folder in my garage as I was cleaning out my whole life, which is in my garage, like big spring cleaning. I found a folder that my mom had kept in there that says Amber's catastrophes, and it's all (laughs) just bad reviews from all the bad films I've ever done. And that is a sign of a great Scottish woman. (laughs) (laughs) Just like you're gonna want these someday. You're going to want to remember Thanks, these. Thanks, Mom. I'll show them to my children <laughs> and then jump off a cliff. And then I'll make their catastrophe folders. <laughs> I mean, my mom would clip everything. And at the time, I remember thinking, like, what, what, who cares? Like, why would you? And then now it's like every once in a while, every couple of years, you'll flip through this stuff and be like, oh, my God. And, like, everything floods back. And you're like, oh, okay. I understand yeah. now yeah, why yeah. everything is preserved. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, it's like, well, mostly because print is sort of dead in a lot of ways that, like, you, I saved that link for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I did a screen grab so you can always treasure that thing that you it's, had online. It's one of the reasons I refuse to get, um, you know, uh, iPads or um, anything else where I might be tempted to read a book digitally. I love the feel of a book. I yeah, love carrying I it. Uh, when my first book came out, I it was like... 
it was a life-changing experience mm-hmm. to look at that thing. And for me, for so many years, you know, acting is only 50% yours. You, right. you, you give it your all, you give it everything that you can, and then you give it away. Yeah. And it's up to someone else to make good to of make that. To make the product. Yeah, yeah. And to make it work. And and that that was always very – it took years and years for me to, to settle with – Sometimes you're going to win in those cases and you're going to lose. And mm-hmm. when you put, pour your heart into something, whether it's a horror film or whatever it is, and uh, it turns out very bad, uh, it's it does something to you. It, it's it's deeper than just like, oh, well, you know, I, I gave it a shot. It's it's very difficult. And, and the first time I had a book, I got to look at that and, and go, no matter how people feel about this, this is 100% mine. Right. And I worked really hard on it. And, and they can't the take that away from me. And the of you yeah. within it. Which, yeah. Whether they like it or not, it's my artistic expression. Yes. Because yeah. yeah. that's the thing, too, like in the, the few things that I've done, like acting-wise, like a lot of it's terrible, you know, yeah. but, but I would just remember watching it going like, just don't suck in this scene. Oh, I didn't suck in that scene. Yeah. Okay. I'm cool with that. And yeah. then just walked in like, like the movie might not be great, but as long as I'm not awful in it, like yeah. I'll be okay with it at the end of the day. Well, I think it's the same with, um, like writing screenplays. Even there's no, like all the other forms of writing too. It's such a crapshoot in terms yeah. of, you have to put your heart into it, just like with any acting job. Like, you wouldn't be an artist if you can't fully commit and try to fall in love with what you're doing. So, and I don't think you'd be an artist either if your heart didn't break every yeah. time that it doesn't come out the right way. And there's something so great about, like, the integrity of a book of poetry or a novel where it's it's your pure thought in there, you know, along with the help of editors and, and all the people that support yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. But, um, and I've, I've yeah. been a part of a film, too, as very specific film that uh, was such a fantastic screenplay by this woman, Beth Schachter, um, that was utterly raped on every mm. level past her writing it uh, from, you know, from past that all the way up to its release. Uh, and I can't imagine what that must feel like to yeah. know that you put this thing, you got this thing together, you got this great cast, you have this whole vision and all of these terrible things happened to it along the way. And then it was also taken away from her and it was a nightmare. But that's, that to me is uh, probably the combination of, uh, of those two, like, a, you know, triumphs and letdowns. Yeah. yeah that's gotta be tough. If, especially if it's a semi, if it's a personal script as yeah. opposed to just like, it's yes. about these two frat guys. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, right. and then to see it get completely like just maybe like the kernel, the idea is there, but everything else has been changed. And, yeah. And or even so the opposite notes. where, I mean, coming from a writing background and stuff, you, you see things and then you start to realize like, I'm just now getting, more involved in the screenwriting world where it gets to the point of like you're involved with the studio and things like yeah. that and how quickly the currency that you created is monopoly money. Yes, you know? entirely. I, yeah. Entirely. And um, I think I think that's awesome that you have – because you have a thriving poetry life too. You have a festival you created. It's actually and, bigger than my acting life. <laughs> yeah. It has been in the last year. I, um, I took off – maybe four or five months to promote my last book, which came out in 2009. Um, so after that, so the first half of 2010, uh, I spent a lot of time promoting that and I really enjoyed, um, you know, as I'm sure you guys experience, you know, when you do anything that's live, I really enjoyed connecting with a live audience, which is different to say, I have no desire to do theater. Right. I have no desire. And I've always felt like, uh, such a, weird person because of that because every friend of mine especially living in new york wants to do yeah. theater right and yeah. i've never really had a calling for it um i mean and- you did pippy <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> You've <laughs> done, done it. it. Yeah. Like it. That's like the girl's Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> you do Pippi. Totally. You're done. But I think it's because I'm on the st- on stage so much, yeah. you know, reading and and uh, and doing all that kind of stuff and performing. And and my show with my mom is less a poetry show and more of like vaudeville style uh, comedy. Variety, I really want nonsense. to see it live. I've watched a lot of clips and it looks so fun. And also you can tell just from the clips that the audience is such a part of the experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's just amazing. There's actually uh, this Sunday, if I can give a tiny plug. Yeah, please do. When is this thing? When is this thing? It might not come up before this, but we can plug it on, on our website. And stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. There, yeah, yeah. There's um, a friend of mine, Derek Brown, runs a show in Long Beach called the Lightbulb Mouth Radio Hour, which is an old sort of... Um, a throwback. It's a it's a it's it's a poetry show that's uh, podcasted and um, listened to live, and it feels like it's like an old throwback radio show. Oh, but that's awesome. uh, but they do all kinds of interaction stuff with the crowd, and um, and I'll be reading there. I'll be doing that. Uh, they're doing a thing where they do found objects. So they sent three poets uh, objects uh, over email, or they mailed them to yeah. them, and then you write a poem based on that. And then whoever wins for the best poem gets an extra like ten to fifteen minutes to perform. Um, but they also do. It's it's a really really amazing show. But so some of that stuff I'll be doing with my and mom it's light bulb mouth radio hour. Yeah. And Long Beach? Yeah, in okay. Long Beach at Harvell's. Oh, fun. Yeah, should be good. That's great. Yep. <laughs> Got it. And when is your festival this year? Um, Drums inside your chest. Oh, that's over. Over, over? Yeah, we, you know, we, um, we, I think it's over. I don't know. I, uh, it's been at the Largo the last couple of years. Yeah. And then before that, it was at some other places. We did it for five years. And for the people who don't know what it is, it's a, uh, it's a it's a formatted poetry show that um, hopefully has worked to broaden the audience of poetry and yeah. make it more palatable to people. So we bring in five poets from across the country who are both very good stage performers, but also really great writers. We're not interested in one or the other, right? And uh, and they each get about twelve to fifteen minutes. I like to keep it on the twelve side. Less is more in that way. <laughs> yeah. And then in between, we have vignettes of musicians or um, you know magicians. A good friend of mine is a magician at the Magic Castle, which is sort of a palate cleanser for people who Ron? can't stomach an hour uh, of poetry. Um, Rob Zabrecki. Oh no, I was thinking Ron Lynch. I didn't know. If, oh yeah, yeah, no. I feel like I've met a bunch of magicians through Rob, but yeah, I can't remember <laughs> that community. <laughs> Freaking weirdos. <laughs> um, so yeah, but we we just stopped because it was our fifth year, and my nonprofit, uh, right now Poets, started getting commissioned to do much larger events. We did an, uh, an event this last year for the Getty Museum uh, called Dark Blushing. Uh, where we commissioned six poets to write poems based on works of art at the Getty, and then they read them uh, with the with the works of art oh, projected that's behind awesome. them. No yeah, and some of them, some of the pieces of work were done by poets like uh, Dante Gabriel Rossetti and wow. uh, William Blake. So mm-hmm. I had Marilyn Manson come read a William Blake poem, and just sort of, um, I'm really interested in combining. Uh, generations and um, and mediums, art- yeah, and mediums yeah. and artistic integrities in that way to sort of bring uh, different audiences in to see who otherwise wouldn't go see 18th century British watercolors. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And speaking of Marilyn Manson, I just read this that on his next album he is going to be covering "You're So Vain" with Johnny Depp. I heard that song already. Did you? Yeah. <gasps> and um, I was at his house and he pl- he played it for me. It's pretty great. Yeah, it seems like it's it would pretty be. great. I cannot. I they can't both even play guitar it. on it, and uh, it's um, 
It's adorable. They're, oh. They should just get married and call it a day. They really should. They really should. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a really cool project. That is so awesome. I love like reading those little, you know, basically like soundbite teaser kind of things, and then those are the kind of things where your imagination or my imagination can't stop. Like, how did they decide to do this? Like, what was the conversation lead up and the jam session? Like, I just want to know. Yeah, just the combination of things. Like, first of all, like a lot of people wouldn't expect Marilyn Manson and Johnny Depp to hang out. Yeah. That. And then to have them decide to do a song together. Cool. And then have them decide to cover Carly Simon. I know it's the, like this perfect storm of like, cool. it's going to be good because it is so bizarre. Like all the, the thing about, um, Manson is that he's a, he's a, an audiophile in the way that like Quentin Tarantino is a cinemaphile. Mm. Like he knows right. absolutely everything about music, uh, in a, in a exhausting way. Mm. And so that to me, that to me isn't surprising just knowing him a little bit. Um, uh, and that he and John, he and Johnny, I guess, have been friends forever. Which that when I said Johnny Depp, okay, <laughs> That's, that was the part to me that I didn't know. But I, I always forget that he knows. You know, he, he also knows everybody. Right. He's just uh, he's one of those people, one of those people that knows everybody. Right. Those people, they're busy. Those yeah. Folks. It takes a lot of walking around and talking to people. <laughs> I must meet everybody. Uh, let's do first, shall we? Okay, uh, sure. We do this every podcast. It's a different first question, like the first movies on the theater, et cetera. Mm-hmm. For this one, uh, since uh, you were on General Hospital for quite a while, yes. Uh, what was the first soap opera or daytime specific show you can remember really getting into? Are you seriously asking me that? I seriously am. Um, well, I didn't get into any because I was on one. Next question. And that's gotta be exhausting. No. Yeah. I, I never, uh, I never got into soaps. I think just cause I was, I was working on one. Right. I also didn't, I was like into Mr. Rogers. I don't, I, yeah, that counts. It's a daytime specific show. Is it? We'll count it. And I I retract my bitchiness that I just (laughs) threw your way. (laughs) I, um, went on, my family had a, like a beach trip when I was 11 and my cousin Cassidy, who's older and cooler than me she was watching general hospital and i'd never seen it but for one week i watched it with her it was exhausting to me yeah it's 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 uh i mean it's meant to be very addictive in that way that the drama just never ends ever i just need a little resolution or to know if someone's (laughs) dead they're dead like i think in seven years i had um uh on screen i had uh lost my mother of cancer um uh lost my virginity uh, went to a rave, took ecstasy, was date raped, <laughs> became a heroin addict, and then died in a train accident, and then was reborn as another actress. Oh wow! Yeah. And then she was pretty I, typical. I think was like strangled to death by another character. Oh, was she? Yeah. Oh, oh no. my god! Well, I think we just got a little insight into Cole's <laughs> afternoons. <laughs> oh, no, I researched it. Though my answer to this would be uh, my uncle. For some reason, was really into Days of Our Lives. So oh, wow, days. We hanging out with my cousin who was like three weeks younger than me. Like, like they would be on and we would watch it sometimes. So I remember being into Days of Our Lives for a while, Patch and Kayla and those are the characters. I think it's so sad that soaps are going and I hear that General yeah. Hospital might be going too, which is, you know, knowing the people that I grew up there who are like a distant relatives at this point, yeah. but feel feel like family. If right. I went back there, it's a lot of the same people. Uh, it just seems like so strange that that's a huge generation, a huge part of um, 
of television history that will yeah. be gone. It will be that extinct seems weird to me soon. Too. It's like well, they need to free up that coveted 2 p.m. Wednesday time slot. I know. Like, what? I know. What's going on? I don't get it because it seems like and dude, I can tell outrage. you. Well, they say it's more expensive, right, to produce a soap opera than it is to put on a daytime talk show right. or something, right? Um, which I'm really curious to know about because I know how much I was paid for seven years on a soap, and I know what the highest level people were paid on mm-hmm. on my soap and other soaps, and it was pennies. It was not much at all. Wow. The, the budget in soaps is not what people think it is at all. It's not like being on a primetime show. It's not right. like doing film. Uh, it's you know, it's like doing a little independent movie after a little independent movie. It's mm. it's really like that. So. I, I always question. I'm like, I, I think there must be some other reason that they're that they're fading them out. Um, well, they're adding that or, drama into tons of other shows that don't seem like they would have. Like yeah. now, it's like the second season of any show that you could be on board with becomes like very soapy. All right. of a sudden, yeah. right. even Beloved Downton. Yeah, I mean, maybe, got soapy. maybe there's just not a lot of uh, they're just not getting as much advertising dollars from denture cream and things like that. Which is what all the, that's what all the commercials Ouch. are. If you ever watch anything Ouch. at 2 p.m. Because I I've watched like when I'm working at home sometimes I'll watch like Game Show Network or something in the background and all those commercials. Yeah. Like once you literally yesterday I was watching Family Feud and the commercial break the commercial started with you see this yeah it's a catheter. <laughs> that's how the commercial started. And I'm like, this is you probably not me, for buddy. me. You got and it me, buddy. You got me. It was for a woman who was like maybe in her 40s. Like she wasn't that old. And she Do you like, or someone you love need a hip replacement? That's what they all <laughs> are. It's, yeah, it, it is true. <laughs> or, or it's like bail bonds. Oh, my God. Or like somebody who's like, if you need a payday advance – Come to like this Native American thing that does these payday adventures, and then she goes, and the question she goes, uh, "Sure, the money's expensive." No, I've seen that one. Have you seen that? Yeah, thing? it's expensive. Yeah, it's like, but it's less in the long run. We Basically. are gonna fuck you over yeah. hard, <laughs> and we're but putting it in the commercial. So call this number now. I've been hearing on radio ads. I didn't. Is this always been like this for casinos? Like they're like, come oh. to the casino, and then at the end they're like, if you have a gambling problem, you should get help. I think there's wow. a new rule that they oh, have to say. There must there's be full on com- like straight up TV commercials that are like that. Some guy walking like, "Hi, I'm the president of the Nevada Gaming Commission, and you know, uh, addiction to gambling is a serious thing. We're yeah. here to support you. We're yeah. you know." And, and then as he walks f- away, his like fingers are crossed yeah. behind his back. <laughs> he's like walking in front of slot machines and there's and only we only have tables. one casino in Los Angeles. Calusa I think, or something. Yeah I, yeah, I went there a long time ago when I was um, into gambling a lot. What brand of gambling? <laughs> oh, God. Um, Texas Hold'em. Oh, yeah, girl. Yeah, I would do a lot of uh, the women's championships, um, but then I got bored and realized I was wasting my time. And I should, if I didn't then quit and go watch Battlestar Galactica, I never would. Oh. And so I changed you had my to make addictions. the right choice, yeah. and yeah. you did. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> I was addicted to penny slots for a while. Oh, bad shit, man. That 20, shit is bad shit. $30 a day. <laughs> Oh, it was rough. <laughs> but it when the rough. payouts hit, boy, <laughs> did they ever. <laughs> I was sometimes I'd, I'd come in with $20 and I'd walk out with 23 <laughs> That was a good day. And it would weigh 40 pounds. Just watching all those pennies spill out <laughs> for 20, 30 minutes. Oh, oh my God. Oh, man. All right, let's do my questions. Uh, I'm going to give you five questions that are just kind of goofy trivia about some of the stuff you've worked on. Oh, get. And go. if you don't know, I'll give you She'll clues. She'll give you some clues. You'll okay. do fine. Basically, I'm all terrified. Right. Question one, you played Joan on the show Joan of Arcadia. Joan is often visited by God, who has been portrayed by several actors in the show, including your dad, Russ. God was played eight times by what older character actress, famous for stints on The West Wing and Desperate Housewives? Oh, shit. Okay. I'm sweating. Uh, 
I'm I'm peeing. Um, who's that woman I'm, that I'm died actually, because I'm she was having right now. having sex with a horse? Oh my god! Five hands, Mr. Hands. Uh, what's her name? Um, why do I know that video? I don't know that video. I don't even know what you're talking about. No, you know that many, many moons ago in the royal... Catherine the Great? Uh, Catherine. Catherine's the first, the first name. name. That was the a feeble attempt at a clue. I think it was... I was yeah. really going to go with Cloris Leachman, who was on the show. <laughs> but I don't think... I, I don't know. It's uh, There were so many. Yeah. There was a bunch. Uh, it was Catherine Joustin. Oh, Lord. Eight times? Eight times. She's old lady god, according to IMDb. Old uh, lady God. That's got to feel good oh on IMDb. <laughs> All right, this one be easier for you, Yikes. I think. Question two. You played Tibby in both Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants movies. What brand of jeans are said traveling pants? I believe they are... Oh, they're, they're a big... Uh, they were a big brand name. name. I think they were Levi's because yeah, they were girl. tied in. They are Levi's. Because Levi's gave us money. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. When I saw the question from Cole, I was like... I bet the denim companies had a bidding war over that. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we can't offer you as much here at Jordash. And they were all the same size <laughs> pants, right? You guys, gosh, are, you guys all wore the same pants. Um, no. But we did what? actually Just recently <laughs> for um, America Ferreira's uh, bachelorette party before her wedding, uh, Blake threw this like little just the just the four of us, and we got to this restaurant where she'd set up this little party. And th- this is why I love Blake is because she's such a, a little girl in so many ways. Uh, besides, like, she doesn't drink at all. She had pants spread out on this table with, like, glitter and oh sequins. Oh, my gosh. And we decorated pants? Yes. And she had her assistant get all of our sizes. And we got <gasps> we got pants and we decorated them for America's wedding. That is amazing. And That's Blake great. really wanted us to wear them under our dresses at the wedding. And I was like, Blake, you've got to chill out. Just you gotta, chill you gotta, up. You gotta we'll do it in the hotel kick room it down later. A notch. Yeah, kick it down a notch. <laughs> we'll get drunk later and we'll, well, you can see, you can see me. And Blake's like, I'm not getting drunk. I'm just wearing yeah. pants. <laughs> I wish it had been Oshkosh I'll chaperone, Bagash. even though I'm 17. <laughs> it would have been great if it was Oshkosh Bagash and their overalls. Oh, sisterhood of the... Or do the brotherhood of the traveling overalls. And we totally met some guys in Santorini when we were filming the second movie. Uh, we went to jump off this, this, jump this area to jump in the sea and these guys, there was these guys there and they... T- turned pale white when they saw it was just Alexis and America and I and Blake was up shooting and we're like oh we'll go swimming and they were in Santorini because they informed like a guy's traveling pants uh, oh thing my and gosh. they were there because they had an object that they had all passed around that summer <gasps> and they're like let's go to Santorini at the end of the summer and no, Wait, they were not gay. That's the confusing part. Earnestly? Yeah, very earnestly. And then we show up. We're like going swimming there. Uh, you gave them the moment They have of their no lives. idea that we were shooting a sequel there. And it just happened to be. Um, that is a really beautiful thing of serendipity. It was pretty sweet. And we all held hands and jumped into the water. Did you really? No, but oh. we should have. That would have been fun. I pushed. I called one of them a pussy and pushed him off a cliff into the water. <laughs> that actually did happen. <laughs> <laughs> I used to pass around my, my buddy Gabe and I every Christmas would like re-gift this thing back and forth to each other and, and then I finally just owned it. Uh, it's the <laughs> novelization of the movie Over the Top. <laughs> oh yeah, you do own that. I do. It's prominently a, like, displayed. A comedy bit that I yeah. did, which is why it just stayed with me. But for a while, like every Christmas, we would just re-gift it to each other. I got it in like some discount bin for fifty cents or whatever. Oh man, um, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> there goes. There she goes. Break. Well, Vanessa Pease, I'll uh, ask you question three. Uh, you played Aubrey in the Japanese horror remake. Wait, let's talk shit about her while she's gone. Yeah, let's do that. What is going on with her jeans? I don't know. I really want to be with her. Me too. Oh, fuck. How are we going to make this happen? I don't know. God, this is probably Put something in her water. Put something in her water. Okay, okay, okay. 
I'm going to just write it on her paper. I don't have a pen. <laughs> Shit. All right. Sorry. Question. And Isaac, I was like, I want you inside me. What, is this, <laughs> what does this mean? All right. You played Aubrey in the Japanese horror remake sequel, The Grudge 2. The film had an extremely unusual location for its premiere. What was it? Oh, it was Knott's Berry Farm. It was indeed. Yeah, and I guess it was. They had a Grudge Two themed horror maze there as well. It was pretty cool. Yeah. It was it was pretty fun, and they also sort of shut down most of uh, Knott's Berry Farm for it. And um, I had about ten friends of mine that came came down, and uh, we went on a roller coaster like nine times in a row because they'd shut it down. So it was open only to the party. Um, that was one of the great moments of my life. And that says a lot about my boring life, that a roller coaster nine times was really the pinnacle. Okay, there's something, there's something about exclusivity on a roller coaster that feels yeah. pretty Very rich. Very VIP. Yeah. By the eighth time, if you, were working the, if you were working the roller coaster ride and you saw us come through, when we were coming through on the eighth oh. time, everyone was just texting <laughs> on the roller coaster, just like... Yay! We're having so much Boring. fun. We get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Up, down. <laughs> yeah. I, I, what do I have? Two two for two? You're doing pretty good. Um, One for two? Something like that. Six for five? You have two. Three for five? Two, three. two for three. Okay. Question four. Uh, you played Emily in the long-running soap General Hospital. The character has had several last names. Uh, name as many as you can. There's actually four, according to Wikipedia and IMDb. Okay, there was Emily Bowen. Yep. yep. That's one. Does Quartermain count? Yep. yep. That's two. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Well, see, now this, if she got married, then that would be past the time I was on, so... Then maybe that's the case. Yeah, I definitely don't know. Well, you definitely got the two for your era. Okay. Uh, Smith yeah. and Cassidine. Yeah, those must Very have been... Very glamorous. Post. I'm sorry Those must didn't. have been wedding... Well, no, Quartermain is really good. Yeah, Quartermain is pretty great. It's a good soap opera name. Yeah, it's Emily a big Quartermain. name. Yeah, it's a big name. Uh, and question five, you played Martha M. Masters on the Hugh Laurie Smash House... What is the name of the hospital where it all takes place? Oh my God. Uh, There's a big college named this. First uh, one. If you're not a king, but you're his son, you're a... Princeton? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that right? First word. It's part of it, yeah. Oh, uh, Second. Princeton Elementary. It, oh, blank Jane. Like, oh, she's Prin- not that Prince, pretty. She's Princeton a blank Jane. Yields, yield, doctors, doctor yes. house. Yeah, Prince, Princeton, <laughs> Princeton's party time place of magical syringes. <laughs> Boom. That's what they wanted it to be, <laughs> but it got changed. It's a Princeton Plainsboro Teaching Hospital. Oh, farts. You I were very close. I should have known that. You are close. All right. And I am so jealous that you got to work with Hugh Laurie. He's kind of divine. Uh-huh. I was there yesterday and, uh, um, uh, God, I shouldn't. I won't say anything. But I was there meeting with David Shore, and uh, I knew Hugh was coming in at one thirty. So I went over and I took my lawn chair and I put it in his spot where he parks his motorcycle, and I just laid there baking in the sun. Oh, that! And he awesome. pulled up to me baking in the sun, and and just sort of laughed and took his helmet off and started smoking a cigarette and was like, "Well, hello, my dear." <laughs> He's kind of awesome. Oh, yeah, I love him. Yeah, you should. Okay, now it's turn my turn to ask you some really hard questions. If you thought those were hard, <laughs> wait till you take these. Have you ever met an Olsen twin? Yes. How was it? I don't remember. <gasps> but they were little? They're very tiny, yeah. Which one was it? Doesn't I think it matter. was both together. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were shooting... Um, People? <laughs> the centipede <laughs> human, yeah. <laughs> oh. Olsen's with guns, not good. Um, <laughs> That's the okay. next step. 
uh, Chris Brown, notorious lover of women, uh, heard your raps and really wants to collaborate with you as well. <laughs> Congratulations. And I heard you guys are working on a book of poetry together. <laughs> and I was just wondering if you had any details on the collaboration at all. What's really funny is that uh, the... Um, the stuff I did with Dan the Automator has a bunch of new lyrics in it, um, specifically rhyming stuff like uh, Rick Santorum and Chloroform, talking oh, about yeah. dunking his nuts in Chloroform. But one, <laughs> in one of the songs, I say, like the end of the song is uh, Ladies Wave Your First Aid Kits, and I added onto that Fuck a Birthday Cake remix. Um, <laughs> nice. That guy can eat like 50 dicks. Right? Preferably the dicks of dead presidents, who are all men, for Bring his information. it on. Nastiest... Person. That's the whole title of our book. <laughs> oh my god, I just got it. A, Chris Brown can eat like fifty dicks. Yeah, that would be a good colon, yeah. and then in small yeah. letters, preferably right. the dicks. By that annoying presence. white girl who won't go away. I will not go away. <laughs> or anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now here's a question. Okay. You've angered a wizard, Uh-oh. and he has two punishments, but you do get to choose because he's a wizard with a small amount of mercy. You can either live with a spider under the surface of your skin for a year. I, I choose the other one already. <laughs> already, it's chosen. It's chosen. Say what it is, but it's chosen. A single breast implant on your lower back. Fucking happily. <laughs> happily. You could put that breast implant in my eye. You can put two breast implants on either labia and give me like two giant orangutan. Teeny fucking you yeah. so easy. Yeah. <laughs> Happily. Happily. Anywhere you want. Put it anywhere you want. Plus, there's probably some good roles out there for an actress with a back tit. Yeah. I would think. Back tits preferred. <laughs> it's called a mammary tail. <laughs> okay. This is a game called Whiskey Split. Pick four people, living or dead, to sit around a campfire with you drinking whiskey for one magical evening. Oh, my lord. Um... I'm going to go... And it doesn't have to be whiskey. I just thought it would be nice. I'm going to go with uh, uh, Nina Simone. Ooh. Already I like this campfire. Hank Williams. You're doing a really good job. Um, I'm going to go with Quentin Tarantino, even though he's alive. Can I do that? Yeah. yeah sure okay. Uh, and well, then my was monopolizing the conversation. Yeah. Campfire. Yeah. Nina's like, just he will, he at will this for point. sure. Yeah. He will for sure. I'll be like, Quentin, shut up. We, we all, wanna, the rest we of us want to hear talk. what Nina has to say. Totally. And, um, and let's just go with Ingmar Bergman. Let's Ooh. Just, let's just throw that in there. That is a great campfire. That's a weird campfire, y'all. You guys are going to have so much fun yeah. and not remember any of Yeah. This is your final <laughs> question. If you could travel in time. And put yourself into Twin Peaks and write a character for yourself. Who would you be? What role would you play in the world? Oh my gosh, my own character? Yeah. Um, Erg. I would be the log. Whoa, <laughs> the log lady's yeah. log. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just took it there. There you go. Yeah. Later, the log would be revealed, <gasps> and it would be me. I met the log. Congratulations. Lady once. Yeah. How did it go? She was doing Shakespeare up in Ashland, Oregon, and I was there for like the festival when I was in high school. And I was like, "It's the Log Lady from Twin Peaks." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." I have a pair of sand, um, like sandal shoes, black and white sandal. Is that what they're called? The like old fifties. Oh, saddle shoes. Saddle shoes, uh, signed by the whole cast, by everybody. When <gasps> I was like five years old and went to oh, the rap party, my gosh! I walked around like a brat and was like, "Sign my shoe." 
and everybody signed my shoes. And I, I was so pissed that I couldn't wear them to school the next day. My mom took them and put them in a safe. Aww. I was like, you can't have those anymore. Those are for your dowry. <laughs> <laughs> my darling. You yeah. did a really good job on all the questions. Yeah. I just want to congratulate you. Thanks. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, Your blog is amtam. Yes. Dot com. My blog is amtam.com. And the Tyree sessions are there now. And um, anybody that buys them, the money's going to a great place. Yeah. And I mean, they're fucking funny. I've listened to them. I love yeah, them. Yeah. I think su- supporting the supporting the nonprofits is the most important thing. And yep. it's, it's donation amount. So you can do one penny or more yeah. or whatever you want. But that's the only one way penny is really them. plenty, though. Yeah. One I mean, penny it's really makes you a yeah. jerk. Coming from a penny gambling addict. <laughs> one, one penny could be more than one penny. One penny is hope. It's hope. Okay. There's hope. still a drink left. <laughs> You're part of the one penny percent. That's right. <laughs> You're the problem. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that's it. Just you should you should um, support those, and um, if you see Tyrese, just I'll give him a hug. Just hold him. I'll hold him. Just so hold tight. him and tell him it's going to be okay. Hey, baby, it's okay. It's yeah. okay to laugh. I'm going to. Uh, this this thing is going to inflame it more. I Fuck love it. Right. I love it. Because he's a big big listener. Yeah, <laughs> he's our number. He comments nonstop. <laughs> you never know. You never know what corner he could be lurking in. I myself was surprised. That's <laughs> true. Well, thanks for coming on, Amber. Yeah, thanks for having uh, me. She's not on the Twitter, so you can't follow her there. But you can follow yeah. us. I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Radley. The podcast is at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yay. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.